Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we had been discussing chapter 17 and we concluded chapter 17. We'll be starting chapter 18, Moksha Sannyasi Yoga. Yoga of Liberation Through Renunciation. And this is the last chapter in Bhagavad Gita. Basically the revision or summary. We are going to review all that we have discussed so far in Bhagavad Gita up to chapter 17 from chapter 2nd through 17. Chapter 1 was introduction, setting up a stage, telling us what situation we are in. We are in Arjuna's situation, we face this battle of life and in that we come across situations which are not clear cut. So that was the scenario and then Bhagwan gave us the whole discourse about why we are so confused. So we are confused because of our basic fault, as the Christians will, will call it a basic sin, or basic misconception about ourselves, who we are. We consider this mortal being is me, whereas I, as I consider myself, is imperishable. We learned that once you change that paradigm, that this is not me, this body, mind and intellect is not me. I, who I consider I, is the owner of this body, mind and intellect. This body, mind and intellect are the equipment I use to transact with this world. The mortality is for the body, mind and intellect, particularly for the body when it comes to this life. In this life, the body will survive from the birth to death and then it will decay. But mind and intellect will continue its journey till it gives up its own attachment and identification. So we have learned in the first six chapters that the basic technique of detaching oneself from this limited self that I am and then attaching the Supreme Self is Karma Yoga. We have seen that there are two aspects of Karma Yoga. One is doing actions without any expectations for the fruits. Then act for the greater good. So those are the two main things we will learn. They equated to tyaga and sannyasa. So these two words we have heard over and over again in this discourse, tyaga. We constantly talk about giving up, abandonment. Of what is what we have to learn? What to give up? is what we have to learn. Chapter 3 said, karma phala tyaga is the tyaga. You should give up the expectations of a particular result from your actions is what you need to give up. Then later chapters 4 and 5 talk about renouncing actions in knowledge. Right now I consider I am the doer and therefore I expect the results. Then I become the enjoyer and the sufferer. If I give up that I, the doership, then the sufferer and enjoyer also goes away. 
as long as I consider I am the doer, all the results are binding to me. Because I take the responsibility, I take the ownership of my actions, then the results which come in future, actions are always in present, results are always in future. No matter what a time lag is, by the time I speak and you hear and you respond, there is a time lag. It may be a fraction of a second, but there is always a time lag. So the accents are always in present, results are always in future. The future is one which I do not have a control over, I only have control over the present. I can only live in present, I can only act in present. So how do I make myself more efficient in present is what we have learned in those chapters. Give up the expectations of the fruits. Because I do not have any control over what the fruits would be. I am not the judge of what the rewards of my actions should be, even though I have expectation. Karma Faladata is always someone else, whether we consider the Almighty or the world. I go for an interviews, for a project, I make presentation. All I can do is make presentation. The result is always in the hand of the selection committee, who I have no control over. But all I can do is make myself as efficient and proficient and effective as possible. The Bhagavan said, if you do not think about the results, you'll be more efficient. Because you're not wasting your energy into thinking about what will come out of your actions. Then when we talked about this second set of chapters, where we have described the Bhagavan's identity, who the Bhagavan is, then we said Bhagavan has two aspects. One is Purusha, which is the substratum for all things and beings. What we call it a myself, you call it yourself, he call it himself, she call it herself, it call itself. That self is the Purusha, which is permeating through all things and beings as existence. And then there is the manifest aspect of the Prakriti, which is these myriads of forms and names and colors. And it's constantly changing. And we have come to learn that that's because of the Maya. This Prakriti is the manifest world of plurality, is a product of Maya. Maya is that which is not but appears to be that. In Newtonian physics, the atom looks so solid but on further investigation, you found there is no solid material in atom at all. There is nothing that we have found so far which is solid in atom, but it does act as a very solid material. Therefore, I can punch this table. If I punch this table, it will hurt because it's very solid. This, which appears to be real, but it is not, is the product of Maya. And this Maya has three gunas. As we have discussed, this Maya is supported by the three constituent parts, the Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. The purity, the reality, the truth, Rajas, which is the activity, and Tamas, which is inertia. Anything or being to remain as an entity in space and time in inertia. It has to remain as it is for you and I to perceive it. Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas are the three aspects 
which govern our life as part of the prakriti. So we have now five things we obviously have to focus on. Tyaga and sannyasa, the means to achieve the ultimate happiness that I'm seeking. And then what is binding me to this world, this identification which I have with this body, mind, intellect, is because of the three gunas of the prakriti, the sattva, rajas, and tamas. So this chapter, all the concepts which we have learned in various chapters combines them into one cohesive teachings in how one should use this knowledge to make your life better and achieve your final goal of liberating yourself from unhappiness and sorrows. So just as we have seen previously, Arjuna time and again asked questions to make sure that he understood correctly. In chapter 8, he said, these are the following terms you have said. You said Brahman, you said Dharma, you said Karma, you said Adhyatma, you said Adhidevata. Explain to me all this in detail. And then we had this whole discussion in chapter 8. This chapter, he starts with saying, let's make sure that I understood correctly. They used two terms, Tyaga and Sannyasa. They both seem same thing. When somebody says, give up drinking coffee, and then I say, I renounce coffee. They're both one and the same thing. I'm just not drinking coffee. There's got to be difference. Otherwise, you wouldn't be talking about Tyaga and Sannyasa in a two different context. So I would like to know. So the chapter starts with Arjuna saying, Sanyasasya Mahabaho Tattvum Ichami Veditum. I want to know about Sanyasa in its essence. Tell me that. Tyagasya Hrushikesa Prutak Keshini Sudan. And also I want to know about Tyaga. In its essence, I want to know what is Tyaga and what is Sanyasa. And he addresses Krishna with two different Hrushikesha in Keshini Sudhana. Krishna has various names depending on how you see him. So one is Keshini Sudhana, the slayer of demon Keshini. So for those who have read Mahabharata or Bhagavad Purana, Keshini was a demon who was sent to kill Krishna in a form of a horse and Krishna slayed him by splitting him into two. So one who basically separates Ignorance from knowledge. He's also called Rushikesha. Rushikesha has several meanings. One of the one who has the control over the senses. One who is the master of the senses, Rushikesha. Other is one who has a short hair. That's simple as that. So, so Arjuna addresses him saying, Krishna, Rushikesha. Explain to me what is the difference between Tyaga and Sanyasa. So that I'm not confused. You talked about giving up things and also renouncing things. If we reflect back, we have talked about tyaga is karma follow tyaga. Giving up the sense of agency, that I am the doer, is sannyasa. We discussed that previously in the Bhagavad Gita. But Krishna now answers it slightly differently. And he says, Sri Bhagavan Uvacha. Kamyanam, karmanam, nyasam, sannyasam, kavayo, viduhu. Giving up desire-prompted actions, kavayo, kavi means sage. 
Kavi in Gujarati and many vernacular languages, poet. So in Gujarati we say the Vijana Ponche Ravi, Tya Ponche Kavi. In mother where the sun cannot shine, poet can take his imagination there. So the Kavi in the Vedic time are the people who have seen the truth and then put it in poetic language in Dindragu Vedas and Sama Vedas. Those who had the vision of the truth, they are the Kavis. So the many Kavis, Kava Yoho, many Kavis say that giving up desire-prompted actions is sannyasa. Desire-prompted actions only come in place if it is driven by my ego. If I think I am the doer and therefore I want something out of my action. So those actions which are prompted by my self-interest, by my ego, are the desire-prompted actions. So if I give up the sense of agency as I the doer, there won't be any desire-prompted action. All actions become for the greater good. And that's where we have the concept of offering all the actions to the Lord. If I come to the conclusion, as we have learned in Bhagavad Gita, that all actions are performed by this body, mind and intellect and the qualities of the body, mind and intellect. You can say, why Neil, you are not the biggest wrestler in town? Is it because I don't have the equipment? I don't have the body to wrestle. Everything which I do in life is depending on what equipment I have. What is the proper apparatus I have? I like to sing because I have been given a voice which is appropriate for singing. If it was not, I would have no desire to sing. I don't have a desire to dance because the apparatus is not correct. <laughs> so Bhagwan says that all actions are performed by the quality of your equipment and your senses, which is part of this prakriti. But I consider them to be my actions by misconception that this is me. If I correct that conception, then all actions will not be for me and therefore they will not be desire prompted. So he said, sannyasa is simply giving up the desire prompted actions. Kamyanam karmanam nyasa. Sarva karma falatyagam prahuhu tyagam vichakshanaha. Vichakshanaha wise people who have observed how this world works and how the actions are performed and how the results of the actions are affected by our expectations. You see, those people have said, Sarva Karma Falatyagam. Not some. We say, I can give up the Falatyagam for the actions which are of no value. But all the actions which I perform, if I give up the expectation for the fruits. And we have discussed in detail in chapter 3, what is karma falatyaga? Karma falatyaga is simply not to expect a particular result. Result will come in the law of nature, law of karma. Once I perform action, there will be a reaction. As in physics, we say it will be equal and opposite. In philosophy, we call it appropriate. As per the quality and quantity of my actions, the results will be appropriately given to me, whether I consider them to be appropriate or not. You heard the Bhagwan gives you what you deserve, not what you desire. 
So what I'm getting today is the results of my actions in the past. What I will get in the future will be the result of the actions which I'm performing now plus my accumulated actions which have not yet fructified. It's like the bank deposit we have talked about. When you put fixed deposit in a bank, there are some which you have put six months ago and maturing today. Some which you have put three months ago and will mature in future. And some which you are putting today. Which you put six months ago and maturing today is called prarabdha karma. What I'm facing in life today is the result of the actions which I've performed in the past and maturing today. What I will gain in future with those actions I have performed in the past but not yet ready to be fructifying and will mature in future, plus the result I'm putting today will be maturing in the future. And this cycle continues. We, on the other hand, expect that I want to perform actions today and I want the result today instantaneously. That's where we fail. Sarva karma falatyaga, not to expect what will come out of my action is tyaga. And that's all we are expected to do from Bhagavan's point of view. Without tyaga, there cannot be sannyasa. Without I give up the expectations, I cannot renounce things. I say I give up coffee, but if I have a lingering desire to have that satisfaction of drinking coffee, I cannot renounce coffee. Tyajyam dosavat iti eke karma prahuhu manishinaha. Obviously, this verse was written for the time when there was a great debate about what person should do in life. Giving up everything and going to Himalaya is the right thing to do or act in this world is the right thing to do. There got to be massive confusion. In fact, even the Buddhist time, what I heard is that lots of people get confused about what their duties are. So I don't have much knowledge, but I saw that the TV serial on Buddha. Jat Satruha comes and says, I have a problem. All these soldiers are giving up arms and say, I don't want to fight. How do I protect my kingdom? He said, you have to go and tell them that giving up your duties is not giving up your desires. Desire is the root cause of your sorrows and unhappiness. So here, again, he said, the sum says, Tyajyam dosavat iti eke karma prahuhu manishinaha. They said that give up all actions. We consider actions are faulty. Doshavat. It is something which is not perfect. Something which is going to give you pain only. Something which is going to give you attachment. So give up all actions and become completely actionless. Bhagavad Gita very scientifically analyzed that that is not possible. Not even for a second you can remain without acting. Even breathing is an action. Supporting your body you have to act. So Bhagavan said, Yagna dana tapaha karma na tyajyam iticha apare. Then others said that, no, no, don't give up all actions. Only the actions which are desire prompted you should give up. But these actions which are purifying actions, which we have learned in last chapter, yagna, dana, and tapa. 
We will discuss yagna in detail, with tapas, three types of tapas, physical, at speech level and the mental level, in dana, charities. These are all for purification of my internal instrument, which is mind and intellect. The external instrument is this body, which is like a hardware in a computer, and we have internal instrument, which is the mind and intellect. The Bhagavan said that we are doing this for purifying our mind and intellect, and therefore, yagna dana tapa karma na tyajyamiti chapare. Yada said, this should not be given up. We'll stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschid Dukkha Bhagbhave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om